It is Monday, December the 11th, 2023. We all want big government, of course, to stay out of our lives, but what about when it comes to food prices? In the video today, we're gonna to look at the Grocer Code of Conduct and also the 2024 Canada Food Price Report. Will the upcoming mortgage shock push Canada into a recession? RBC gets fined last week, and now another bank is in hot water today. Let's get started with today's news. Should the federal government be interfering with the free market when it comes to regulating food prices? And that's the big question that we have these days. Pretty much everyone would agree, I think, it's not really debatable. The price of groceries has reached almost a crisis level, and I think it actually has reached a crisis level in some uh, elements of our, our society, and it has especially hard hit the lower income a group of people. Seven million Canadians uh, are expected, uh, are struggling now because they have to use food banks. The price of food is going to go up by $700 next year just to put food on the table. In committee this morning, Walmart CEO said he's not supporting a stronger competition bureau. Maybe that's why the leader of the opposition did everything he could to block the legislation. So 7 million people using food banks out of a population of what, 39, 40 million um, in the country. So uh, if that number is accurate, it certainly is shocking to me. So again, I go back to that question, at what point should the government step in, uh, go away from this leave, our, leave us alone and mandate changes? Generally, we want the government to stay out of our lives, let the free market do its thing. Uh, but I wonder, is this an exception? Now, Federal Agricultural Minister um, Lawrence McCauley, he wouldn't rule out the possibility of the provincial and federal governments uh, getting involved and intervening if the uh, grocery proposed uh, code of conduct doesn't have all of the major re retailers on board. And of course, the big grocers, they've been under a lot of pressure from Ottawa to provide plans to stabilize food prices at their stores. And earlier this fall, the government called the heads of um, Loblaw, Metro, Empire, Walmart, and Costco to present their plans. Now, in an interview this past Thursday, Macaulay, he said, that he plans to meet this week with federal uh, industry minister uh, Francois-Philippe Champagne, and he plans to discuss options for both provincial and federal governments um, if the major grocers themselves don't sign on to the code. He says that perhaps some changes have to be made. At a committee hearing in Ottawa last week, the heads of Loblaw, Metro, and Empire Foods, they faced some pretty tough questions from the parliamentarians uh, about why food prices are continuing to climb. And all three of these people pushed back forcefully against allegations, especially that they were profiteering uh, from high uh, inflation. And this is what Loblaw's Galen Weston had to say back in March on this topic of profitability. Do you think a million dollars in excess profits a day is reasonable? It, it, um, it's a big number, um, especially if it you is. multiply it over the course of 350, uh, 356 days. Um, but the, the math is still the same. The math is that on the top, on, on a very, very large sales base, um, that translates into, um, a, I think it's a, a 13 cents um, of uh, that incremental profit represents about 13 cents on a $25 grocery basket. And I would just reiterate um, that the cost, like we're in unprecedented times, um, global food price inflation grew 25 times faster than profits. Um, that to me is a, is a reasonable fact-based proxy for an industry that is not um, taking so advantage understand you think a million dollars in excess profits, not normal profits, in excess profits a day that your corporation is making with you as CEO is reasonable profit. I don't agree with your characterization of excess profits. Um, I'm giving you the facts. Well, it's not my character. This is the report from, from a professor. I disagree with the characterization of the report from the professor. So yeah, these numbers are really big. I mean, clearly we eat every day, so we, we need the food. But um, his argument is that when you drill down to the actual net profits, the margins that they deal uh, with 
are pretty slim. And he says that as it's currently proposed, the code would lead to higher prices for consumers, not lower ones. Now, he also said that um, his company and the industry at large has been unfairly targeted for food price inflation. He says Loblaw has been an active participant in discussions with the government on the topic of food prices and noted that the company has meaningfully reduced its prices on staple items that make up about 10% of what it sells uh, chain-wide. Now, Walmart Canada CEO Gonzalo Gabara, he thinks that the code is not acceptable in its current form. And he said, we want to make sure the code has all of the different provisions and conditions so that we can conduct our business to offer low prices every day for our customers across Canada. We believe that the code is not in a position for us to commit to signing. Now, there are other food retailers, including Metro, Sobeys, they have been more publicly supportive of the code. For example, Sobeys president and CEO uh, Michael Medline, he says that his company has been uh, relatively actively supporting uh, the implementation of a grocery code of conduct for more than three years now. Um, he says the company has historically frozen prices on uh, 90% of packaged products between November and January, so this difficult time for many people, and he has now expanded that uh, that price freeze to all such products. And he says, we also have meaningful plans and development to help stabilize food prices past January, but we'll not discuss these publicly as they remain commercially and competitively sensitive until launched in our stores. Although we are ready, willing, and able to sign the code today, we now have serious doubts as to whether the code will actually come into effect due to recent opposition by some retailers. In no way do we believe, nor does evidence show, that a grocery code of conduct would lead to higher food prices or less choice for Canadians. In fact, quite the opposite. Now, Gary Sands, he's the vice president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Grocers. And he told the committee last week that the code is required to level the playing field between the major players like Loblaws and the like, uh, and almost 7,000 smaller grocers that he represents. And he says that the smaller grocers don't have the leverage uh, to demand lower prices. And they often, they often have to pay more because suppliers need to offset the concessions that they give elsewhere. He told the committee, we don't point our fingers at our supplier partners. We understand the pressures that are driving up their costs. An independent grocer has no leverage to demand a price freeze or a drop in price. If you're just getting started at investing, check out our Investing Academy. We offer online training. Our programs are designed to take you from a raw beginner right through to a fully confident investor. Uh, check out the Academy website for more information. I will put a link in the description of this video. The annual uh, Canada Food Price Report uh, 2024 edition was out uh, last week, and it predicts that food prices for a typical family in Canada will rise by about $700 in 2024. The report is now in its 14th publication, 14th year, and it anticipates a 25 to 4.5% increase in grocery prices with certain items that is highlighted here, um, bakery, meat, and vegetables potentially seeing a 7% rise. The overall cost of groceries is expected to go up, but the rate is expected to increase at a slower rate than we saw back in uh, 2023, earlier this year. Factors contributing to the price hike include um, interest rates, of course, um, energy costs, climate change, um, transportation expenses, and geopolitical risks. And finally, in the report, it says that in 2023, a lot of families actually chose to spend less on groceries than they had in previous years. And this reflects the added financial pressures from rising housing costs, higher interest rate, and higher debt levels. There is a new report out from TD Economics and it points to the fact that Canadians who are renewing mortgages at today's higher rates are being affected in their other spending habits. And the report suggests that high household debt is the biggest vulnerability of the Canadian economy today. 
Renewing mortgages at higher interest rates, the report says, um, leads to, of course, less disposable income. Now, today, total household debt in Canada is at the $2.86 trillion mark. Mortgages are 74% of that total debt. The result of this is that Canadians are now allocating 15.4% of their income to pay these debts. And in what is somewhat alarming uh, comparison, Americans peak indebtedness just before the global financial crisis back in 2007-2008. That was 13.2% of their income, so a level lower than we're seeing here in Canada today. The report does highlight the differentiation between mortgage holders who are renewing at various times. If you are a person who renewed your mortgage in 2023, you probably renewed at a mortgage rate around 5 or 6%. That is a very different experience from someone who is still locked in at a mortgage rate that they set back in 2020, for example. Now, obviously, there's a contingent of the public who owns homes who don't have mortgages. And in these cases, over the past year, their spending actually increased. So let's break this down a little bit here. The mortgage holders who reset in 2021, they have pulled back 0.9% in their spending. For those who reset in 2022, the report says that the pullback has been 1.04%, so a little bit higher. And the last contingent in the study who just have finished resetting in 2023, their spending has pulled back 2.4% year over year. The key takeaway for me in this report is uh, what will happen to those who are renewing in 2024? And of this cohort, there's already been a small pull, uh, pullback, 0.5% uh, in less spending we've seen over the past year. And this would become as a precautionary measure, uh, understanding that expenses are going to be going up when they do reset, uh, you know, coming up in 2024. It's expected though, that as the 2024 group goes through this reset, there will be a further spending reduction and that will put further uh, downward pressure on the overall consumer spending across the country. Uh, the report talks about the impact this will have on Canada's economy in 2024. According to the Bank of Canada, 47% of all mortgages will have renewed at higher rates by the end of this year. By the end of next year, 65% of all outstanding mortgages will have renewed. Um, given that 2024 cohort looks to set uh, mortgages at roughly 200 basis points higher than they're paying now, the bank is expecting a similar payment shock that we've seen in 2023. The final conclusion here, and uh, perhaps a somewhat reassuring, maybe, um, while it doesn't look like this mortgage reset will be enough to tip the economy into a recession, the Canadian consumer is obviously becoming increasingly stressed by higher interest rates. Banks, investment companies, financial institutions, they all have a general obligation to, to report what are called suspicious transactions to the regulator. And this is in an ongoing effort to combat money laundering, amongst other things. Um, in its second move against a major Canadian bank, FinTrack, this is the Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Centre of Canada. Last week, it imposed a $1.3 million penalty on the Canadian Imperial Bank of, of Commerce, CIBC, for non-compliance with money laundering and terrorist funding measures. This follows a $7.4 million fine that was just announced against RBC uh, last week. In this case here, the penalty against CIBC is attributed to its failure to submit a suspicious transaction report when there were grounds to suspect that it was related to money laundering or terrorist activity, as well as failures to report information regarding large money transfers uh, from outside of Canada. CIBC has stated that the administrative matters here are related to a relatively small number of transactions. The bank remains committed to identifying, investigating, and deterring financial crimes. 
I am here on this program every Monday, every Wednesday. Hey, subscribe so that you can keep up to date on the latest trending news. As always, I will put a link for our Investing Academy in the description of this video. Thanks for watching. We'll see you in a couple of days.